0: cassettes and welcome back to another episode of the black case diary
1: hey, black case diary
0: <laughs> i'm marcy and here's robin
1: and adam
0: so welcome back to our month of animation so far we have covered animation history the disney exodus and the beginnings of some of our favorite animation studios But today, we're going to focus on one particular studio that hopped into the animation world back in the mid-1980s and completely changed the game.
1: Whoa. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I wonder what that could be. (laughs) I know.
0: Which one? (laughs) Since its first feature film in 1995, Pixar has been a symbol of animation excellence, Not only that, it became known for rich, original storytelling that engaged audiences while pulling on their heartstrings. Although Pixar has been owned by Disney since the mid-2000s, for the most part, it still stands on its own under the mouse ear umbrella. Today, we're taking a long look at Pixar Animation Studios, and we'll start, as always, from the beginning. (laughs)
2: let's start at the very beginning
1: eons ago
2: our story
0: begins in 1979 when director george lucas had an idea he wanted to create a company that would work on creating new digital tools among these goals were non-linear film and sound editing systems a laser film printer and further advances within computer graphics.
2: George Lucas, isn't that the guy who made Star Wars?
1: Oh, by golly, really? I think it is.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, I think you're right. Did he do other stuff? <laughs> well, by the looks of it, yeah, I guess.
1: <laughs> a few things here and there probably.
0: <laughs> His solution was to create a computer division of Lucasfilm, dedicated to making these advancements in film technology. He hired Ed Catmull, to head the team. Alright. Alright.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah, it's such an interesting thing here. George Lucas. Yeah. You know, the guy just went through a process. <laughs> <laughs> he had to make these giant space epics, if anybody remembers. And, you know, there were lots of things that it would have been really helpful if there were digital mm-hmm. components. Yeah.
1: To them. yeah. I think I think it's partially why when it got to the second trilogy um, mm-hmm. he went a little heavy on that <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right so talking of Ed Catmull Ed wanted to be an animator and so he drew a lot but he didn't believe that he had enough talent mm-hmm. as a young man at the University of Utah School of Computing he took a class it was a physics and computer science class and he fell in love it married everything he wanted science art, and programming all together. Here, he would create a short computer-animated film of his left hand, which would be later featured as the very first use of 3D animation in a live-action film. The film was Future World, a science fiction film from 1976.
2: Yeah, the sequel to Westworld.
3: Ah.
1: What the F?
2: Yeah. (laughs) That's so cool. He's in class, and he makes this animation, and then it becomes... The first to ever be in a
3: movie? <laughs> yeah,
1: that's that's crazy. Yeah, oh. I I, I want to go see that. Like,
3: mm-hmm. I know
1: what, you know, we all know what some of the early <laughs> 3D stuff looks like.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep.
1: We talked about some of that in, in our VFX episode, too. And it's... Yes. Uh, how how basic did the very first one look? I, I got to find out.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll probably link a video in our blog about oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So after graduating, he was hired by New York Tech to be the leader of a new computer graphics department. Their goal was to create art using new computer tools and techniques. This is where he developed Tween, which gave the ability to draw and paint straight into the computer.
1: Whoa.
2: This guy rules. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> Man.
0: <laughs> so then he came on to the George Lucas Films Graphics Group. And so next we have Alvy Ray Smith. Smith graduated with an MSEE and Ph.D. in computer science at Stanford University. In the years 1975 to 1979, he would be the senior scientist at New York Institute of Science.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. my. So he
0: was a pretty a big v- deal, too. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very prestigious, I do say. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: And so, in 1980, he was hired on to be the director of computer graphics for the computer division of Lucasfilm. Yeah, they they brought on a lot of the people to come that make Pixar what it is. Mm-hmm. Do
1: you uh, do you think they were both Star Wars fans? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, maybe.
0: I, I,
1: I feel like if they were, that would be like, uh, absolutely, I'll work <laughs> yeah. for any George Lucas company. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so now, now that that we've kind of established the people that brought this together, mm-hmm. let's talk about the Computer Division's Graphics Group. So they, in 1982, the Computer Division's Graphics Group got to finally show what it was made of. In Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, they put the first completely animated sequence in a feature film.
1: Yay!
2: Whoa. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. a. That-
1: that's a satisfying one for it to be, like, Star Trek is a good, yes <laughs> yeah. you know.
2: Yeah, even though they were Star Wars people, obviously.
1: Oh, true. Oh, no.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> they were really doing a lot of firsts, being that Ed Catmull mm-hmm. had the first one in a, the, a little sequence in the film, and then now this is, like, a complete animated sequence in a feature film.
2: Right, so. and this is a good movie, too.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a lot it of people's is. favorite, actually.
0: Each new project was a chance to challenge each other, to both make better art and better technology. John Lasseter, in the 2007 Netflix documentary, The Pixar Story, says, the art challenges technology, that technology inspires the art.
1: Whoa. It's
0: a,
2: nice, it's a nice little marriage of the two things. You
0: know?
3: It is.
1: Yeah. Like, they, not only do they make great art, just subjectively but they're so good at using the technology to its limits. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At least nowadays, you know, we see these latest Pixar movies looking forward to Soul, you know.
3: Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. It looks
1: absolutely beautiful in every way, and it's, you know, from the beginning, they're just breaking ground and doing right. great stuff.
2: Yeah. You mentioned John Lasseter, and obviously that's a big Pixar name.
0: Yeah, John Lasseter was attending CalArts, which was founded by Disney,
3: okay. where the teachers
0: were those who came out of retirement to teach. Yes, some of the nine old men who we talked about last week. What? Those guys came out of retirement? <laughs> I know, right? But they're they, so but, old.
1: <laughs> but they forgot everything.
2: <laughs> Apparently, they had
1: just enough in Do you,
2: do you think Don Bluth had anything to do with that? The <laughs> fact that Don Bluth was like,
1: bro... You
3: guys should
2: teach us stuff.
1: Yeah, it was probably a good move.
0: <laughs> These were such as Ollie Johnson and Frank Thomas, and some of John's classmates were greats like Tim Burton, John Musker, and Brad Bird.
2: Yeah, Brad Bird. <laughs>
0: they they said the atmosphere was collaborative, fun, and creative. Yeah. They said that even the teachers, some of those nine old men, had the mindset of students. So they would Aww, they would wow. also kind of
2: Possibly know, be because they and... were try they were relearning what they already knew. <laughs> Probably because they they had <laughs> forgotten it. <Everything.
1: laughs> that, that's the cynical view, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to learn the new stuff that's right by, that's right by yes. george
0: a- absolutely
2: that's exactly <laughs> what was happening yes
0: so after graduating cal arts in 1979 he was immediately hired by disney and helped with such films like the fox and the hound although there was a big opportunity for computer graphics within film at this time there was also a little bit of fear in it would animators lose their jobs would this take away jobs lasser was willing to take the risk and pushed forward to make it happen
1: it's it's interesting i i hear it a lot actually even now with just computers taking away a lot of stuff people in movies like oh it's so easy to do all this stuff now with the computers the people who started it all you know they're not going to be necessary anymore when you really boil it down of course these people are still necessary. No, no Joe Schmo off the street going to know what the, the first thing to do,
2: mm-hmm. even with the yeah. help of the computer. The jobs just kind of changed. You know, yeah. some, t- right. some jobs become obsolete, but then newer jobs are created. So, true. I mean, it's kind of a give and take. Yeah. He was
0: given the chance to put together with his team a storyboard for the Brave Little Toaster in which he would finally get to be a director. In this movie, he would also be able to show off the blending of traditional animation style with that of computer generation. As we talked about last week and before, this would not come to be.
1: Yeah, I I, I wonder how the Brave Little Toaster would have been different. I wonder what his idea was. Right,
2: yeah. You know. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wonder if it would have just been some sequences or right, if, right. you know... Some characters, maybe.
0: I believe they spent eight months working on uh, developing it before he was like, "Oh, yeah." Oh. So after pitching the movie to the head of the studio, Ed Hansen, and being asked how much it would cost, he would to- he was told that there was no reason to do computer animation unless it cost less than their current methods or was faster. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Gross. How sad. About five minutes afterwards, he was called to Ed Hansen's office and let go for his projects had been completed.
2: It had Uh. not been completed. No. (laughs) It had not. They they just moved it to a new studio (laughs) on the edge of the Uh. lot. (laughs) They lied. I guess they just didn't know what to do with him. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: This guy's guy's too scary and (laughs) futuristic.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't like what you're
1: doing, new guy.
0: In nineteen eighty three, he was asked to do freelance work for Lucasfilm's computer graphics group. By the following year, he was hired full time as interface designer. This title was meant to be looked over and not draw attention. He would be their key to character animation. Yeah. Yeah, because you've got all these scientists and all these all these computer people. (laughs) And they don't Yeah. uh, gosh really no and they all know all the science aspects and the computer aspects of it but they didn't know character animation right and they needed somebody who did so yeah right that's that's how they came across john Lasseter.
2: so it's a good thing he got fired
0: yeah (laughs) how it all comes together now that they've got their team together they can start making some achievements
3: Oh, and oh, their some first
0: one... Cool <laughs> some achievements oh, are going to be made. <laughs> achievements unlocked. <I> know.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yes.
0: And their first one was The Adventures of Andre and Wally B. Directed by Alvy Ray Smith, this was the first use of character animation with the within the computer animation realm. This new type of animation lent itself well to complex characters Hand painted textures and motion blur. Motion blur had not been a possibility with traditional animation, which made this computer graphics animation special.
1: Yeah, I I can't imagine trying to mimic motion blur on a, on a piece of paper yeah, or a screen yeah. or something like that. You know, you'd have to smudge it
3: mm-hmm. or something
1: like that. And if you mess up, then whoops, start over.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, yep. and this was a cute little little animated short with a little guy and this uh, and this little bee, and they kind of interact and run off, and it's it's really cute. And when Lassiter conceived this particular animation, he remembered how geometric Mickey Mouse is, and realized how well geometric characters would work within computer-generated shorts.
1: Yeah, he was right.
0: Yeah, Us- using simple. Simple shapes definitely would yeah. be a lot easier to make yes. in a computer. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and,
1: you know, it's it's pretty easy once people identify with just a shape. You know, you give it the character that is necessary, a face or a personality of some kind, right? And you yeah. don't need all those extra details. Right. So it, it's it's perfect.
0: The next thing that they worked on was young sherlock holmes from 1985 and in this scene a stained glass man comes to life and readies a sword meant to murder the character of the vicar within a church oh yes and it's available on prime video too if anybody would like to watch this movie this scene took a total of a year and a half to make a 31-second scene. Oh, man. A <laughs> lot of time, but it looks amazing.
1: Yeah. what a! I had no idea that it was that old because I remember yeah. seeing this scene. Um, <laughs> they talk about it all the time in a lot of different behind-the-scenes DVDs that I own. They actually mention this as an mm-hmm. early point in CG, and mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. realize how quite how early on it was. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. Its visual effects were nominated for an Academy Award and many did not know how it was accomplished.
1: Magic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> magic.
3: Oh, oh,
0: oh it's <laughs> magic.
3: It's magic.
1: You know.
0: <laughs> so in order to improve speed and resolution, they created the Pixar Image Computer. This was, at the time, the most powerful graphics cu- computer of its day. It had the ability to convert high-resolution imagery into 3D, and because of this, was implemented in medical imaging and satellite photo analysis.
2: Nice.
1: Awesome. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but can it run Crisis, though? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the team tried to sell this technology in limited markets to stay afloat but ultimately did not sustain their needs or George Lucas's attention. <laughs> so, in order to save their their little project, Lasseter and Catmull were set on the ultimate goal of making animated films, but the budget was just not there. So, in order to keep the team together, Catmull and Alvy Smith convinced Lucas to allow them to branch off from the graphics division and create a new department named after their graphics machine which was of
2: course pixar
1: hooray such a good name it's just satisfying
2: yeah it is it is a nice name i read a story about one of the one of the members at the time he said that they were kind of throwing around what they should name it and Mm. they said well we could name it after the after the imaging, after the computer. And so then they did the phone test. He said, he pretended to pick up a phone. Said, <laughs> Hello. Uh, this is Pixar calling. They said, oh, you know what? That sounds like a pretty good Aww. business name. Nice.
0: So, I that's like great. It. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. Did we do that with our business?
2: Uh, no, we didn't. And As
3: <laughs> oh, you
1: can tell, because
2: we have it. a terrible name.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, come on. <laughs> Back to the
3: drawing board. <laughs> no, it's way too late now. It's way too late. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Even if we wanted to desperately. But we don't. We like
0: it. (laughs) We don't. We don't. I was just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But all they needed now was an investor, just like we do. An investor, just like everybody.
2: (laughs) And they got the best one they could ever have gotten. Oh, yeah. Steve Jobs.
1: What? The man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. The turtleneck. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, enter Steve Jobs. So a little bit about him. Jobs had been 21 when he co-founded the Apple Computer. By 30, he was a multimillionaire. While he was still with Apple, he met Alan Kay, who told him about Pixar, their history, and their potential. They hopped in a limousine. I like the imagery. There. Yeah. They just they just, they just he, went for he, it. He, he like whistled for it like it was a cab. You know, he just stepped out of his <laughs> oh, building <yeah>. and <laughs> a limousine just pulls up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I mean if Let's if, go. He, if anyone would have that technology, it would be Steve Jobs.
2: <laughs> I mean he was
0: a multimillionaire at that point. Exactly. I mean, why not take a limousine?
2: <laughs> I, you know? Yeah, they hopped in a limousine and went and went for a visit to Lucasfilm. Jobs met Ed Catmill. And believed in him and his dream of creating Ooh. these animated movies. Yeah. He was Pixar's financial here. savior in 1986. He invested $10 million to launch Pixar.
1: Oh, wow. Man. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, I mean,
2: bad. yeah. So, so really, <laughs>
0: the unsung hero is Alan Kay then, right? Exactly. <laughs> Alan Kay is the reason that Pixar
2: exists.
0: Since he told
2: Steve Jobs about it. So now we have Pixar. Now that the team finally had the funding they needed, Lasseter suggested that they make a short film introducing themselves to the world. This manifested into what would become their mascot and symbol of optimism and determination. It was, of course, Luxo Jr.
1: Hooray.
2: We've all seen this one. Yeah, The little lamp that
1: could.
3: Yes. What a cutie.
2: (laughs) Lasseter wanted to build upon the geometric ideas of the adventures of Andre and Wally B and keep the integrity of an object's movement. He was staring at a traditional Luxo lamp, and he began to play around with it, and thus the idea came to be.
1: It's So Yay. good. So simple. So cute. Somehow. <laughs> it's just it's, a lamp.
2: See, that's the thing. Like, that's, I remember the first time watching it with my family, uh, my sister's reaction when he popped the ball, oh, she was yeah. so sad. Yeah. She was like, "Aw!" It was like it's a yeah. lamp, <laughs> and they they don't even
0: have like traditional faces. Yeah, they don't have
2: faces or anything. Yeah, they, they just so like much character. move their
0: head. Yeah. that mm-hmm. it looks you just can tell. Yeah, body movement or lamp movement. You mm-hmm. know.
2: Yeah, I just remember how it was. Everyone was so captivated by it. It was so cute. Yeah.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you think that Luxo Jr. ever tripped over his cord?
2: Yeah, all the time. Mm-hmm. I imagine
1: he did. Because he just d- didn't <laughs> oh, seem yeah. to care. You know, <laughs> he was just doing what he was... He's just having so much fun with the ball. Uh, <laughs> just not looking where he's going.
2: It was the first three-dimensional computer animated film to be nominated for an Oscar. And John Lasseter's directional debut. Yay! So he didn't get to direct the Brave Little Toaster. But he did get to direct this. After success with Luxo Jr., the team started to produce more shorts, such as Red's Dream, about a unicycle that wanted to perform in the circus. Do you guys remember this one? I yeah, do. a little
3: Red's
2: bit. Yeah. I, I always like this one. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was something, there was something so sad about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. When he's like, trying to, to juggle and, and juggling yeah. the balls. Yeah.
3: And...
2: It's inter- interesting. 1988's Tin Toy, where a wind-up toy is victimized by a baby.
1: oh a monster baby
2: Uh, um yeah actually i was gonna mention this earlier but then i remembered (laughs) we were gonna talk about this short because we're talking about the geometric shapes and the simple shapes of the characters in the beginning (laughs) yeah oh (laughs) my god they
1: stuck to that a little bit more
2: yeah they could not animate babies yet yeah it was it i remember pretty (laughs) terrifying this short first of all this short is hilarious (laughs) <laughs> it's very funny and I remember when we did see it and we just laughed and laughed. Just the concept was really h- hilarious to us. Mm-hmm. The baby it just de- desperately doesn't want to be picked up by the baby and then it t- looks around him under the bed and there's every single toy is hiding <laughs> is hiding from the baby.
1: <laughs> it's so good.
2: And uh, I it is it's it's so cute and I also read that the toy in this was supposed to be the main character in Toy Story originally. They were oh. Thinking oh, really? That. Yeah. They considered it at least for a minute. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: That's kind of cool.
2: And yeah, so th- this short, if you're ever watching the Pixar short collection, definitely don't skip over this one. This one. Yeah. But again, that oh, baby, yeah. don't watch it before bedtime.
1: It's or, hard to look at.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> that baby's scary. The drool <laughs> is just so much. And it actually reminds me a lot of the baby sister in Toy Story. Oh, gotcha. Not, yeah. not it's definitely way worse looking. Mm-hmm. Like the, the sister oh, in Toy yeah, Story yeah. looks a lot yeah. better. But just like the drool and the expressions and stuff, yeah, Mm -hmm. it
0: reminds me of Toy Story also because of Sid's room Mm -hmm. when all the toys are hiding from Sid under the bed. Under the bed, Mm -hmm. so you definitely see correlations between these shorts and how they use the some of the ideas later on. Yeah,
2: in 1989, Tin Toy became the first 3D animated short film to win an Oscar. Congratulations.
1: Congratulations.
2: In 1989 they had they had the short knick-knack about a snow globe snowman who essentially just wants to party. I don't know. I don't know if that's what he wants. You watched I, it? I think yeah. I, I think he was a little bit more into party. I,
0: you
1: know, I think so I mean, you're too.
2: right. <laughs> but, you know,
0: if you guys there's remember There's definitely another character that some, he has his eyes there's on. There's some
2: sexual uh, <laughs>
1: implications
0: yeah <laughs> i think you know the kids version yes. like in a kid's he mind he wants to party he I wants to party yeah
2: i remember because that one i think played before finding emo
1: yes that's correct
2: <laughs> and uh, so like it's funny how we can remember really like, seeing these <laughs> yeah in oh, the God.
1: theater it's, it's still one of my favorite shorts of all of them i think it just it's there's so much character in in the snowman in particular and I just love it so much. And you can relate to him so hard. Just being stuck in a snow globe forever. <laughs> Tries yeah. everything. Oh, it's so good. And then obviously at the end, you think he's out when
2: Yes, yeah, so and it falls right right, oh, right as he's about to get there. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. oh
0: poor guy.
2: Disney attempted to hire John Lasseter back after each new short film he made. Lasseter suggested that he could just make a film for Disney while at Pixar, but Disney insisted that all Disney animated films will always be made at Disney.
1: Ooh. Wow. Hum, drum.
3: <laughs> so much for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Always so
2: much ego. Guys, think about this for a second. You get fired. And then <laughs> you do so well at your new job that your boss that fired you begs you to come back. <laughs> That always feels good, but when it's Disney, yeah. that's
3: begging you oh, to yeah. come back? Oh yeah, how does yeah. that
2: feel? Probably pretty dang
0: good. Yeah, it
1: probably doesn't get much better. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. especially because you're like, um, no, <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely not.
0: Be like, you can give me money for doing things,
2: but I'm yeah. not well, gonna work.
0: You know, for
1: I I think that his offer is like the best road to take. It's like, sure, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to leave
2: the place that I'm at.
3: You know, yeah. just you still know. love
1: the Disney brand, can do some really good stuff, but yeah. I'm gonna yeah. stay at the company that I helped really get off the ground.
2: Yeah. Exactly.
1: They're like, nah, we don't want that,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> fools.
2: Yeah, well, um, they did change their mind. Disney did change their mind about that. <laughs> and it's pretty obvious to us now that they did because, uh, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. They, w- what actually changed their mind, I guess, was Tim Burton. While Tim Burton was still employed at Disney, he developed an idea for The Nightmare Before Christmas. Burton went on to become a successful live-action director and tried to buy the idea back from Disney. They eventually asked him to simply make the film for them. This opened the door for John and Pixar to show what these niche animated films could really do.
1: Oh, yeah, man. Oh, After yeah. that, you know, they they finally realized, right? Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas, they didn't make it like in-house Disney, right? But it was mm-hmm, still a, mm-hmm. a great, fantastic movie that was a big hit. And they're like, all right, fine about it.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Imagine that phone call. Like... After right. Nightmare Before Christmas, they're like, hey, John, you remember what we said? <laughs>
2: <laughs> how we were like, how we were like, well, we're never, never gonna. Now we're thinking maybe possibly never, not just never, never.
1: Yeah, maybe. Or <laughs> well, maybe just yeah. maybe.
2: <laughs> do
0: you have any thoughts on this? Yeah. Uh, how does F, what do you, what do you think? <laughs> so during the 1990s, in order for Pixar to make money, they started to do what anyone would. Commercials, not for themselves, <laughs> but for companies such as Trident, Listerine, and even Tropicana. In order to streamline this process, they hired two recent graduates from CalArt, Pete Doctor and Andrew Stanton, who would later go on to direct some of Pixar's later films. Hooray! As they continued to produce commercials, they got their first agreement with Disney in 1991. The agreement stated that they were to make and distribute at least one computer-generated animated movie. (laughs) So Pixar then began to work on what would eventually become Toy Story. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, Toy Story went on to be a huge hit, making over $363 million worldwide. As traditional hand-drawn animation was becoming less profitable, attention would quickly turn to Pixar as the future of the industry.
2: Okay, so do you guys remember watching Toy Story for the first time?
1: I remember um, Sid was scary.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought <clears throat> when we, we'd never seen anything like it before. And so when we watched this, I thought they were puppets or actual wow. toys. Yeah.
3: Wow. I didn't think
2: they were... It was animated. I didn't understand that, the yeah. you know, it was a cartoon. To me, it didn't look mm-hmm. like a cartoon, so I didn't think, you know... Yeah. Right, it has to be
1: something else.
2: Yeah, it's how my kid brain... You know, I watched The Muppets all the time. I thought, okay, maybe these are puppets. Yeah. Or, or toys. Because I really did. I was so confused about...
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, so...
1: That's, that's that's fascinating. I the only thing I can think of that comes close to a, an experience like that of seeing a brand new technology for the first time is like something more recent, like virtual reality or something along oh, those lines. Yeah. But when when is that next big leap in film so that we can go? Yeah, <laughs> see so we can ha- have that feeling
2: again.
0: So the next big step would be to figure out how often they needed to produce a film in order to sustain the studio. Lawrence Levy, whom Steve Jobs had hired as the chief financial officer, said in his 2016 book that another option was to release a film every 18 months. Hmm. We could still hit the two big release windows, a summer release one year, a winter release the next although the financial numbers did not work as well as they would if we released a film every year. We would need big hits, and any disappointment would hurt more. But we could make a case that a film every 18 months might work, and this is where we compromised.
2: That's still mm. kinda, That was still the model for just even Disney yeah. for yeah. a long time. And then, yeah. you know, it would be like one year it's a Pixar, one year it's a Disney, one year it's a Pixar, you know, they started yeah. to switch mm.
1: off. That would be tough. I imagine like crunch time trying to finish it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Oh, I I mean a lot of animations that we've talked about take a while. I mean, we've talked about Charlie Brown and mm-hmm. how th- that you know they had to do all that right. quickly and right. Yeah.
1: It's it's probably. I mean we all know that animation is difficult in every instance, and it takes a long time despite the new technology. Mm -hmm. So, at the time, it's, oh boy. So, I'm glad they spaced it out a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, quality over quantity. In
0: 1996, after putting out Toy Story, Pixar announced that it would cease making commercials in order to focus on making feature-length films.
1: Awesome.
2: Yes. Hey, Hey! All right. So, back in 1994, just before Toy Story was released, they were still putting on the finishing touches of it. So the main guys at Pixar, were trying to figure out like, you know, what are we going to do next? <laughs> because if they're going to continue making movies, they're going to have to go ahead and start the next one. They don't have the mm-hmm. luxury of stopping and enjoying the fame for a while with <laughs> Toy Story, you know? Yeah. They're gonna, yeah. They're going to have to start coming up with yeah. some stuff. They got to make that money. Yes. Yeah. They decided to meet, and they had this very famous mystical lunch that everybody <sighs> knows about. <laughs> it's just called The Lunch. It's the Pixar Lunch. The lunch. Director John Lasseter and writers Pete Docter, John Rampt, and Andrew Stanton went out to lunch for a brainstorming session. This is where they came up with the ideas for four of the next really big pixar movies and yeah. a lot of them were you know doodles on napkins and you know and this is this is the very rough rough ideas of these movies the movies that these ideas came to be were a bug's life monsters inc finding nemo and wally
1: all wow. such great ones yeah i mean Heck yeah pixar doesn't have any bad ones
2: Nah, nah, I don't think so.
1: Not a, not even a one. Not Not even even the one you're thinking about. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. It's so good.
2: (laughs) Those four movies made nearly one billion dollars. And 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 that's not. I mean, that's not even including. I think DVD sales or merch sales or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, those four movies made nearly one billion dollars, and were together nominated for 15 Oscars. Wow. Whew.
0: Damn. Yeah, one
1: That's lunch.
2: amazing. <laughs> one lunch together, uh, these guys what? came up with these four movies.
1: What did they eat?
2: <laughs> I know we must recreate it. Yes. I yeah. that that you know it's so funny too. I. one thing also Andrew Stanton they said was he's always trying to kind of debunk the lunch, you know. He's always he's like I don't want this story, this myth to uh, <laughs> overshadow all the hard work that everybody else did to make these movies happen. It wasn't, yeah. Yeah. you know, but but the moment that, this is just kind of the birth. Like, this is the moment, you know, that the ideas came to be and then a bunch of other really wonderful creative people fostered these ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fine-tuned them. Yeah, and made them into stories. Mm-hmm. Made them into movies. So, Andrew Stanton was quoted saying, There was something special that happened when John, Joe, Pete, and I would get into a room. Whether it was furthering an idea or coming up with something, we just brought out the best in each other. And that's such a wonderful little thing to think about because, yeah, you know, working with people that actually bring out your best, people that challenge you and question, you know, question your ideas, but also support your ideas and help you build off of things. It's such an important, it's, I mean, honestly, it's team. The team is really what made this dream work. Work? No, I'm just kidding.
0: But no. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we're not talking about dream
2: works here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's just kind of fun that we can pinpoint all of these ideas coming from this one day.
1: Imagine sitting with a group where you kind of think everyone else in the group is better than you at something or, or vice versa, you know, you are able to then strive to be as good as them and they're striving to be as good as you, something like that, Mm -hmm. right? Where they're just constantly pushing the boundaries for each other. And you just, you come up with something as simple as like, you know, what monsters in the closet. That's something everybody knows about, and it's an easy topic. But then, just ideas bounce off each other from there, and it flushes out. And it's just this amazing, right? This amazing camaraderie, this amazing atmosphere that um, that Pixar has, and it's just oh, it's a dream.
2: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we were just going to talk a little bit about those four movies, just really quick. Just do a little bit of a yeah. You know, since we all remember when they came out, *A Bug's Life* was the second Pixar movie. As we talked about last week, it got into theaters a little bit after *Ants*. Yeah.
3: Yeah,
1: it's just a, it's just an *Ants* ripoff. Yep.
3: Yeah, it's an *Ants*, <laughs> Ants, rip-off. Ants ripoff. That's right. That's
2: exactly right. <laughs> a little drama. It, but it did. It made twice as much money, so. <laughs> <laughs> it won. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say so.
1: Yeah, absolutely yeah. It did.
2: Pixar's follow-up to Toy Story was meant to be an epic about a small world. They specifically wanted a new story instead of Toy instead of a Toy Story sequel because they wanted to be inspired by new characters and ideas.
1: That's a good move.
2: How smart was it to say we could make a Toy Story sequel? We could. Yeah. But you know, we want to show everybody that we have other stories to tell
1: too. What, what you know, about we, bugs?
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It borrowed from the Aesop fable, of The Ant and the Grasshopper. And from from what I could tell, most of the Pixar movies don't, you know, lift from other source material most of the time. That's pretty rare. I think Brave does a little bit with The Will of the Wisp, but Uh, I mean...
0: Mostly it's all
2: original. Yeah, mostly they're all original stories. But I I think that this was an original story. They just kind of used some elements of Ah, that. mm Mm-hmm. The movie was a critical and box office success and cemented Pixar's status as an animation giant.
1: Heck yeah. Yeah. What a dink. They were giant, (laughs) but it was a movie about not giants. Bugs. Unfortunately, or or just the way I see it, I guess, it's not one that I go back to very often, but Mm -hmm. I, I kind of regret that because knowing what the movie is and what it's about, it's so good. Oh, yeah. we, we we did talk about it like a little bit last week, and it's just thinking about it for a while has made me want to go watch it again, because it <laughs> is that good.
2: Yeah, it's so even, colorful.
1: Even, yeah, even with some of the old technology, you know, just starting out still. Mm-hmm. But uh, but they were able to to nail it again.
2: A Bug's Life, when I think of a Bug's Life, I think of sitting on the music room floor as a kid uh, like on like the last day of school and yeah. they're okay we gotta put in a movie <laughs> you know what i mean There you go that's that's what i i and Perfect. i always remember jerry's game is the short before it yes. because that's my favorite i love that that short yeah when i was a kid i really i thought it was two different guys yeah i didn't yeah, think sure. it was one dude yeah <laughs> Going back and forth. I thought it was just like twins Legit, or something. just twins. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
3: yeah.
1: Yeah, they're able to change the personality between cuts, right? Mm-hmm. So it's easy to think that it's a different person. I, yes. I totally fell for yeah. it, too.
2: So Monsters, Inc. In 2001, Monsters, Inc. brought storytelling at Pixar to a new level. They had shown audiences the perspective of toys, and the point of view of ants. Now, audience got to see the world through the eyes of the monsters that hide in our closets. Ooh, spooky, what a, what, a cool idea. what a cool idea! I mean, it's, God, it's so smart. Yeah. It, yeah. I really love clever. that. Yeah. The creators behind Monsters, Inc. were tasked with creating an entirely different world. This was the first Pixar movie to do that. A Bug's Life was based on a world that already exists, but, like, you know, they had to scale it.
1: Yeah, you can... You can imagine it happening right now outside, but we just were right. too big to see it.
2: Yeah. And then it's a toy story. You know, it's the kid's bedroom. We've all seen. Yeah. It I still, sense. to
1: this day, kind of talk to my toys sometimes and be like, hey, just it's fine. We're cool. Right. <laughs> just come on. I've I want it to be real so badly. <laughs> sometimes I'm just like, come on, guys.
3: Is, <laughs> I'm
1: your pal. I won't yeah, tell anybody. Can, <laughs> Go
3: trust ahead, me now.
2: you can start walking around.
1: <laughs> yeah, it so won't cool. freak me at all. Oh
2: out my all. gosh!
0: I like to think that
1: I wouldn't be freaked out, but maybe I would. <laughs>
0: I, think, I you know, you probably would. I mean, you think about movies like Chucky
2: and stuff. Even though he's, you know, uh,
0: I haven't supposed even seen that movie, evil. so
1: I don't know what you're talking
3: about. Uh,
2: okay. <laughs> All right. Directed by Pete Doctor, Monsters, Inc. also seemed to hold a new level of emotion that the other films had just touched on. When you ask someone who grew up with Monsters, Inc., they often cite it as a movie that makes them emotional, something Pixar is now known for.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah,
2: Monsters, Inc. might have been the first time where it was pretty emotional. Mm
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, Mm -hmm. yeah, Toy Story is almost like a weird buddy cop movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and a bug's life. Um, yeah, a bug's life is you know it's it's cute and sweet has a sweet ending. Yeah, but they don't have that emotional like punch, you know, yeah. that yeah. you start start to get with all the other movies as time goes on. Right, <laughs> they become more and more known for making people right. cry.
1: Now, now you wait for it. Yes, <laughs> yes, you wait and, for the moment.
2: Yes, you wait for it now. And in Monsters Inc, I I would say. It was like almost there. They were close. Like that was, you know, they were almost, you know, because that ending always makes me cry Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. he puts the door back together. Yeah. Oh, Oh, God. Yeah. Every time, Uh... you know and he mm. opens it and she's you know that's you see and his you, face yeah
0: but it, it, yeah cuz you just hear yeah. her you don't yeah. even see
2: her and you're like oh my god and he's the smile on his face and oh my god just it's so much yeah. i just can't it's... i can't I, even talk I about it i feel like i
0: even kind of teared up when they shredded the door yes. first when yeah. when when she tries to open it up and she's like you know yeah right, she
2: doesn't understand know?
0: and she opens it a couple times and it's like oh I no know. Um, whoo! Okay, so... Ready for
1: another emotional kick?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, after that, you know, we just wanted to mention Finding Nemo. It was another movie that they talked about mm-hmm. at the lunch. And, uh, you know... I noticed that Pete Doctor, who directed Monsters, Inc., a lot of his movies are the ones that are pretty emotional. Mm-hmm. If you kind of look through the catalog, you're like, ah, I see. It's your fault. You're the one. <laughs>
1: you're the one making <laughs> me yeah. cry. But
2: Finding Nemo was the first one, I think, that, I mean, people were just... I remember Sword. how big
0: it is. Was. Yeah, I yeah. mean,
2: Finding Nemo, I I remember when it came out, it felt like Pixar was brand new. You know what I mean? Like, it was almost like a whole different studio. Mm -hmm. And because I remember going to see it with my parents, we saw it at the drive-in, and my dad told me, he was like, I think that this is, I think this is the resurrection of Disney. He thought, because he thought they were still good, but just not at the same level. Yeah, And he's not a gigantic fan of animation, but yeah, I just remember how, insane (laughs) this movie was it was so big do you you guys remember i do this was
0: i believe actually the first movie that i went to go see in theaters from what i can remember wow yeah my sister shout out to my sister (laughs) shelly and she she took me and my two younger brothers and we went to see this movie, and I did not even connect it to Pixar at all. I didn't even, yeah, didn't even think about it. Yeah, It was just a really awesome movie yeah. that I loved, and it was the first one I really got to see in theaters, so I was just like, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> for, for me, it, I also got to see it in theaters, and it was the first time that I can remember of having like an experience at the theater because a lot of times when I would go, the movie was on its last legs
3: Mm -hmm. and
1: um, the theater wasn't very full. So there was hardly anyone else in there. Nobody was really reacting to the movie, but we went to see Finding Nemo pretty early on and the, the theater was still full, and everyone was unanimously laughing at all the jokes, and you know Ellen DeGeneres <laughs> yes. kill it, killing it at a story, making yeah. everyone laugh all the time. It's just, it was a whole experience, <laughs> you know. It, it it's fantastic yeah. and so memorable because of that.
2: I I still remember that joke when there's all the explosions. <laughs> under the water, and the two se- the two seagulls are sitting oh, yeah. on, the wa- on the top of the water, and there's just that one little bubble. <laughs> nice. Nice.
1: <laughs> God. Yeah. I
2: I got this movie for Christmas. Yeah. And my grandma got me the special edition Ooh. with with hours hours of behind the scenes footage. Oh. I spent an entire Saturday just sitting in a beanbag chair, and I watched what? all of it. I watched wow, all of awesome. the behind the scenes. I remember oh like, just going through all the special features, and you, that was the first time yeah. that I ever did anything like
0: that. So you just kept swimming
2: through those features, right. huh? I was such did, a big fan, <laughs> yeah.
1: Did it have audio commentary?
2: Yeah, it had. Oh. I still have it, and it has everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything I, that you
2: could possibly... <laughs>
0: there
1: there aren't many movies that i've sat through with the director commentary or Mm -hmm. you know cast commentary playing finding nemo is one of them and it's it's fascinating
2: so finding nemo was directed by andrew stanton the supporting characters were drawn with inspiration from classic movies Examples would be Gil for had Clint Eastwood's squint, Bloat was based on George Kennedy's character in Cool Hand Luke, and the Tank Gang borrowed the neuroses of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest.
1: Oh, man, that's that's really cool now that you mention that. I yeah, all in captivity.
3: See
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the drop-off was both metaphorical and real. It required Nemo's dad to brave the unknown outside his home, and the terrifying reality of how deep the ocean truly is. Oof, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a scary. I'm gonna touch the butt. <laughs> yes. Oh, you guys made me ink.
2: <laughs> We're just gonna have to do an episode about that movie. Yeah. I think I think so. Alright, so the last one on the list here, the last one from the lunch was Wally. And if you guys remember. Back when they were first promoting Wally, they had in the teaser trailer. They mentioned the lunch.
3: Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. They said, you know, we went to lunch together and we came up with some ideas for the movies. And the last idea we talked about was this little robot named Wally. I remember that in the trailer.
1: Yeah, I, I think they wanted to remind everyone, like, get ready. This is one of the good ones because it came yeah. from
2: the lunch. <laughs> this is it. That's but the it... last one. So you <laughs> <laughs> treasure it.
0: But Wally.
1: Wally came out like quite a, quite a little bit later than yeah. the rest of them, so it, they wanted to make sure people knew.
2: Wally performs the entire first act of the film alone, a feat that no other Pixar character has been tasked with. The filmmakers gave him enough personality through pantomime that audiences fell in love with the little robot by the time more characters were introduced. Filmmakers used a Star Wars film veteran, Ben Burt to help with the sound design because every noise was part of Wally's language.
1: That's mm. so cool. There there are things on the DVD about this and they use every technique in the in the industry like all these yeah. different things hanging a slinky mm-hmm. and for laser sounds and it's it's so <laughs> it's so cool to see and I, and I think that Wally was at least nominated for sound design.
2: Yeah, I think out. it was. It was a big part of it. And also Thomas Newman did the score for this one, too, and it was very, very good. Wow. But, yeah, I mean, just... There are so many beautiful moments in this movie, and I love how quiet this movie is because it really forces the audience to focus in and really pay attention Mm -hmm. to a lot of different things, you know? And there's these absolutely wonderful moments, like when he's flying through the stars with the the little fire extinguisher. And it's so pretty and, you know, just... Mm -hmm. And obviously, the message behind Wally is pretty strong. Yeah, pretty pretty strong message. So, yep. but a lot of people consider this to be one of the best Pixar movies. I every time I see the list of the definitive ranking of the Pixar movies, <laughs> this is yeah. usually like top three. Wow, at least. Yeah.
1: Hmm. I I mean I I can't really blame them. Yeah. I, I love this one. I always whenever I hear um, "Put on your Sunday clothes." I th- I actually think of Wally now instead of the musical that it's from. And well, <laughs> what musical like, is it yeah,
2: from, Adam? I don't you know. Say? Hello Dolly. Yeah. So. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> I d I, I don't
1: know. I it's I think of Wally now.
2: Sunday closers, lots of world out there. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic character design and sound design. So I mean, you know, those are the movies. Alright, so obviously we will
0: cover more about Pixar and its evolution as a film studio some other time. Heck, we might even do some episodes about their specific films. Ooh. Hint, hint. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see.
1: We we could do we, we could do an episode on all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Individually.
3: Yeah. We but, probably will.
0: Yeah, probably. <laughs> but until then, just remember that with hard work and Ten million dollars. You can make anything happen.
2: That's right. But yeah,
0: <laughs> <Done>. I mean.
1: <laughs> Job done.
2: <laughs> Job done. But obviously, you know, these guys really believed in what they were doing. And they got other people to believe in it. When you're really passionate about something, you can get other people to believe in your dreams, too.
3: That's right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Exactly. It hasn't worked for us yet, but someday. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. If
0: you guys I mean, maybe- you know. Are-
1: Elon Musk is listening right now. I know. <laughs> we well, can spare a ten, a cool ten mil
0: to the Black Case <laughs> Diaries, <Peace. laughs> or maybe even
2: half that. You know, whatever. You nah,
3: know. Nah, maybe even nah, nah,
1: one
2: tenth nah. of it. I'm good. Nah,
1: you know? see, we. But it's not picky.
3: <laughs> it
1: it's it, the the right number is ten million. Let's just be honest about it. <laughs>
0: all right okay and with that it's another case
1: closed yeah (laughs) that one felt good
0: (laughs) so if you guys want to tell a friend about us we'd really appreciate it just even just one friend that'd be nice you know what you can find us
1: you know what's (laughs) a good way to do it put us on in your car when you're in control of the radio and then your friend has to listen (laughs)
2: that's true
0: one way to do it, <laughs> or that's one way to lose a friend. Well, then, nev- you know, <laughs> yeah. let us we'll know. Find out. <laughs> you can find us at our website, blackcasediaries.com. We- you can also follow us on Twitter at blackcasediary or Instagram at blackcasediaries podcast. We have a Patreon, patreoncom blackcasediaries. And we have our Red Bubble. if you want to go check out some of our merch. Hooray. You can find us at blackcasediary.redbubble.com. And, yeah, just uh, shout out at us. Whatever you want to do, go ahead, do that.
1: Yeah. You maybe right. leave us a review. You know? maybe. We, Whatever
0: you're feeling we'd like. You we'd
1: know? love it.
2: We would. We would. So thank you so much for listening.
3: Thank you.